rocking all week with you season six episode 12 this is a happy days podcast and i'm your host dan welcome everyone we are in the penultimate uh, episode of this podcast for season six we are coming three episodes in this one fonzie's funeral part two mork returns also known as the fifth anniversary show which is what the my gosh the fourth clip show and then the duel so Fonzie's funeral part two monk returns monk returns mork returns and then the duel uh, February, March of 1979, and we're going to start off, well, we're going to start off with Fonzie's Funeral Part 2. Now, I talked about Fonzie's Funeral Part 1, the previous one, it ends, I'm not going to go through it again, but it ends with a big explosion, oh my gosh, at the garage, oh my gosh, is Fonzie dead? So Fonzie's Funeral Part 2, again, all three directed by Jerry Paris, this is written by Michael Lohman, it's February 27th, 1979, and I just want to say, <clears throat> if you know your TV history, you will know that on the same day, opposite Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley, a new show premiered, created by a gentleman named Kenneth Johnson, called Cliffhangers. And the first episode is in three segments. Stop Susan Williams, Chapter 2, Secret Empire, Chapter 3, and Chapter 6 of The Curse of Dracula. And it's a serialized show, uh, a la, you know, the way Star Wars started off with Chapter 4, A New Hope. And these are three different stories, sort of classic cliffhanger, um, uh, daring do Saturday morning serial, Saturday Saturday afternoon you know, serial type things that all start in media res. And um, oddly enough, according to uh, Wikipedia, the first episode of Cliffhanger's got 14.5 million viewers. Today, that would make it pretty much the number one show in America. But back then, it means it got canceled in two months. Because it was up against what the number like three and the number one show in America, and uh, but I just wanted to bring up cliffhangers because, um, well, I, actually, actually it's, I, I, I'll just go on with this. The, the three episodes we're covering today cover the first three episodes of cliffhangers. Go on up against it, and the ratings are pretty solid: fourteen point five, fourteen point two, and fourteen point two. So it's pretty solid <clears throat> ratings up against. I mean, it's a it's the same pretty much the same audience throughout now it drops a couple million for the next episode but um that's that's a pretty solid let me just look at the next one but and then it stays there solid around 10 to 12 million for the rest of the episodes that ain't bad for um well it was bad then but I, I just bring that up simply because yes you guessed it the first show that i covered on my podcast eventually super train was ding 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 Cliffhangers. So, and Cliff, the Vichy Super Train is structured uh, a la Cliffhangers. And they're just saying, hey, Dan, wasn't um, eventually Super Train on at the same time? Uh, why, yes, it was. The day after Fonzie's Funeral Part 2, the fourth episode, Hail to the Chief, would air. And then after the duel, the day after the duel aired, the fifth episode, Superstar, would air. So we were, there were only nine episodes of Super Train aired, ten episodes of Cliffhanger aired with an 11th showing when it aired in Europe I've said all this so many times on my my on Avengers Super Train that um, I was just saying my podcast this is also my podcast but yeah so so this is this is a big moment here because the next I think the next um, one two three three episodes I think forgive me if I'm wrong uh, give me a second here yeah the next yeah the next three episodes will air it's interesting because the next three i wonder if they put on something different because the next three episodes when cliffhangers ratings at their highest <clears throat> they're up against new episodes of happy days i'm not sure on laverne and shirley but from 
March what twentieth to May first when the re- cliffhangers, the rest of cliffhangers ran, and May 1st was his last episode, there are no new episodes of Happy Days for some reason. I wonder if it was just, were they, sh- maybe that was it. Maybe, maybe the show looked like it was doing decently, and so they put a run of, like, gr- classic Happy Days up against or something. I'd like to know. So that's interesting. I'm looking at it now. February 27th, March 6th, March 13th are the episodes we're talking about today. That's the first, second, third episode of Cliffhangers. The last episode of Cliffhangers was May 1st. It was off the air May 8th. From March 20th to May 1st, there are no new episodes of Happy Days aired. So during the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th Cliffhangers, repeats? Specials? Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. I'm sure someone knows, and I'm sure I could look it up, but I just noticed it right now when I'm busy recording. So, Fonzie's Funeral Part 2, everyone thinks Fonzie's dead. He isn't dead. So they arrange a fake funeral um, with using just Fonzie's boots because they know the um, the federal guys know that um, they're about to ship out a huge, they send out a huge shipment of the fake money to Detroit, and so they're going to do the Fonzie's funeral because they know they're going to use the coffin that Fonzie would have been in to sneak the money out, and and so while they're doing the fake funeral, all the all the feds are are looking around for the printing press and looking around for Ralph and Potsy who are still kidnapped somewhere in there, and um, and all kinds of fun wacky stuff happens, and eventually, good wins. Listen to this. It's I'm going to play a little more Candyman. Here you go. I'm on the other side. Who can take a sunrise? With you. Sprinkle it with you, cover it with chocolate and a miracle or two. Uh, the Candyman, the Candyman, oh the Candyman can, the Candyman can, the Candyman can. Again, like the the previous one, I'm not I'm not going to have a whole lot to say about this. This is another silly one, and actually, the the weird thing is that the um centerpiece of the episode is not catching the Candyman or anything like that. The centerpiece of the episode is all the people who come in to wish the best to the Fonz. And obviously it starts off with Lori Beth and Jennifer, Potsy's girlfriend, who are given special appearances by in the closing credits, although you know, Lori Beth is supposedly the girlfriend who's supposed to be there all the time and, um, you know, Jenny was just there the other uh, uh, two episodes ago. Oh, and of, co- of course, during the funeral, um, Widow Fonzarelli is there, which is basically the Fonz dressed up as a as an old uh, Italian woman in um, in um, you know a black dress and black veil and, and gray wig. So, again, you know, if you think the show jumped the shark um, when he j- jumped the shark, maybe you haven't seen the Fonz dressed as an old Italian widow woman. I don't know. It's it's amusing though, especially when a a group that I'm about to mention recognize him. Uh, and after after the gals, the girlfriends come in. Um, uh, Arnold comes in. Pat Morita comes in, and uh, Al is there, and they chat briefly. And uh, then then that that one that one jerk cop who's always giving Fonzie trouble shows up. And then the best part, um, the gang from Laverne and Shirley, Carmine shows up first and does a little dance. Um, which you know, as as always, is a good dance, but it's just it's is wonderfully goofy to see him doing that dance in the funeral part. That's for you, Fonz. And then Lenny and Squiggy come in, and they have um they have a great wreath of flowers that has a sign in it that says something along the lines of like "Good luck at your new location" or something like that. And they're very funny. And then Laverne and Shirley come in, and they're very funny too. And they all pay their respects to the widow Fonzarelli, and then they do some nice shtick as they leave. And um, I mean that was great because uh, obviously at this time. As I said, Happy Days is is um, 
in the overall ratings for the season, Happy Days is what number three or number four, uh, more or less tied with Mork and Mindy. All it all, all, all depends upon. It all depends on where you look at the ratings. Some some of them say Happy Days is four, Mark and Mindy is three. Some of them say say they're tied. Laverne Shirley, of course, is number one, and pretty much everyone watching Happy Days would have been the same people who were about to watch Laverne and Shirley in a little bit. So it was nice seeing them because they they came from the show originally, but it was nice seeing them in it again. And um, and the crowd really loves them when they show up. They're really funny. They're they're really funny, and they have kind of a um, some of it's a little sticky. Um, but but they have kind of a, a nice sort of slapstick movement and groove to them that the um, that the Happy Days cast never never really quite got. I mean that that was the thing with sort of Laverne and Shirley just started off kind of wacky in a slapstick, slightly exaggerated mode, whereas Happy Days didn't and sort of became that. And Laverne and Shirley sort of starting from that just got better and better in that, whereas Happy Days is pretty pretty random when it comes to that. Like I I. For example, I don't think Ron Howard does that all that well. And like I said in the past one, sometimes Potsy and Ralph, not so great. But then sometimes they, they nail it, and, 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 and Henry Winkler's pretty good at it, you know. So it's 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 interesting to see just because when, when Laverne and Shirley come on, um, it's fun to see the Happy Days game when Laverne and Shirley come on. is a little bit breath of fresh air, which is nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's... It's it's yeah. Ralph and Potsy get some shtick in the back where where Potsy has is able to free his arm and get his gag off, but he's stupid, so he doesn't realize that that can help them. And then there's some fun stuff with the the spinning secret panel with the chairs on it, and um, it all ends with a huge line of women to in line to kiss um, kiss the Fonz. And then Lori Beth and, and, and Richie go to Inspiration Point, and Jenny and, and Potsy go to Inspiration Point. Oddly enough, um, no leather. Leather isn't there to take Ralph anywhere. And Ralph ends up getting in the line to kiss all the ladies. And I guess if the Fon says, you know, kiss Ralph, he's my stand-in, um, the ladies like that. But I don't know, I'd be a little confused if I were like 10th in line and I got up there and it was Ralph Melph instead of the Fonz. I'd, I'd wait another day as much as, you know, I'd, 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 I'd enjoy um, the Fonz's lips meeting mine. Um, I'd wait another day, and I do like when the Fonz, when that, when the, when the group of women come up and and um, sort of um, are admiring his boots because you know, like like I said, that's the only thing that survived were the boots, and, and the one woman is in tears with the boots, and Widow Fonzarelli goes to um, console her, and the Fonz gets a little out of hand. He gets a little grabby and kissy, and maybe he shouldn't. Slaps her in the butt with his little purse, and like Mr. C and Mrs. C have to like, come on, Fonz, calm, uh, calm it down right now um uh and it's 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 a interesting episode i mean because there, there's some good bits there it's 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 the fonz i i love the fonz when he comes out at fonz you're alive i'm alive and he grabs richie and they start dancing around it and, and um the fonz is is a slightly kind of dazed um wackiness to him for the first couple scenes after the um after the explosion uh, and they put to, they put together the funeral very quickly because they need to put it together quickly because um, they want to get save Ralph and Potsy and they want to catch these bad guys and the bad guys also want to get away get the um, get their counterfeit money over to Detroit. And <laughs> they basically say that the Fonz's real funeral will be in Detroit, but they're having a remembrance more or less right here, so that's what they're doing. So that's how they get it to happen so quickly. I mean, it, does it make much sense? I don't know. Um, but it sets everything up just fine, and we get to the funeral quickly, which is exactly what we want to have happen. Uh, what else? Um, 
I was really trying to think if there's anything more to say here. Um, again, this is just, just going to be a really short, short discussion of it. I mean, it's just, it's just a fun, charming second part, and you know, in the end, they, they capture the bad guys, and um, you know, nothing's going to Detroit, and um, that's about it, really. Gosh, that, that, that's weird. I mean, that's that's the thing is like, like if if as I've said before, if we hit an episode that I don't really like, I got a lot to say. If we hit an episode where kind of they're doing like trying to do something interesting or new or something like that i got a lot to say but in this it's just it's just part two of some shtick and there's some more shtick and, and some comedy and there's some some wacky criminals and a, and a wacky funeral and 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 that's about it I, I wish there was more for me to say um i mean i i i do like um i do like there's a there's a nice moment too if you watch um he he's out of focus and in the back but if you look at henry winkler's face as he's watching um Cindy Williams and Penny Marshall do their Laverne and Shirley. He's, he's got a big smile on his face. Like, he's really enjoying the heck out of it. So, um, especially, yeah, it's fun. I don't know. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the next episode if I have more to say about Fonzie's Funeral Part 2. I mean, it's a fun episode. Fonzie's Funeral Part 1, Fonzie's Funeral Part 2. Maybe overdoing it a little bit here and there. The, oh, the only other thing I have is is there is the, the interesting moment with um, where... Um, the bad guys want Ralph and Potsy to call their parents and tell them they're not going to be home tonight. And Ralph kind of says, oh, I'm Ralph Cunningham. And so he calls Mr. and Mrs. C, keeps calling them mom and dad, um, which makes them suspicious. And then the Richie's like, oh my gosh, he's not, they're not going to be home tonight. Oh my gosh. That means the last time they were, they were at the funeral parlor. I bet they're, they're still at the funeral parlor. That's where they called from. That's why he was doing that. They could, he couldn't say where they really were. And uh, that's actually pretty clever. Um, and and that kind of gets you get you tuned in to um, where Ralph and Potsy are, where the Fonz is, where this is, where that is, and um, I think the whole episode is worth it just for the shtick of um, what the gang from Laverne and Shirley are leaving after looking at the widow Fonz, and they keep um, they keep leaning back and looking at her. I think that's a some nicely choreographed slapsticky shtick, and I enjoyed that. So I'm gonna go on to, and I know what you're saying, Dan. You didn't really talk much at all about that. Yeah, it's just a fun episode, you know. I just um. I think, you know, this this was the time like we've um like I've said before. This is the time when like the, the the very special episode was beginning to arise, and um I always remember and I've said this before was it in the in the TV sitcoms syndication book the Krinsky and Eisner book, they say the thing, the worst thing about different strokes was that um was that you had an interesting setting, and you had um. Uh, you know Arnold Gary Coleman, who was actually a funny little kid, and yet instead of putting him in you know wacky Leave It to Beaver type situations or goofy slapstick situations, it's things like uh, Arnold has to deal with the bully. You know, um, you know Kimberly's going to get sexually assaulted. You know, and stuff like that. It's like they they fight for pollution. You know, it's like ugh. Uh, and that was the thing with the facts of life too. Like I said, where we're entering that realm of the sitcom, where they've gone from the the silly all-out comedy of the '60s to the comedy that was meant to be relevant to the '70s, and now they're trying to get back to the silliness, but they also realize that they can't abandon the relevance, so things end up looking very. They they will let things go very silly, but then they have to have those very special moments or the moments when everything stops dead. And they, as the 80s go along, that will become a stinky trope 
it gets worse and worse. And one of the reasons, for example, why it's like the second half of the eighties, why a show like Perfect Strangers was fun, is because they rarely did that on Perfect Strangers. Occasionally they would do that on Perfect Strangers, and when they did it on Perfect Strangers, trust me, it felt weird. The average Perfect Strangers episode is an I Love Lucy, you know, Laverne and Shirley type variation. There might be a moment of sweetness at the end, a moment of heart, but there's rarely a moment where they're going to sit down and have, um, you know, um, uh, you know, the the big, very special moment. And um, and so Happy Days, when, you know, it's in its original form where it was just doing little, little, little comedy dramas... Uh, where maybe a lesson was learned, or maybe there wasn't. That was part of the fun of it. Is now going into the phrase with like um, Joni smoking, where yet yeah, we're gonna le- we're learning the lesson. Let's learn our lesson. But then when it does like a two, I love the fact that this is a two-parter. This is a two-parter, and it just it's just silliness. It's silly villains, and it's Richie and Ralph and Potsy being silly. It's Richie being silly, and it's hiding in coffins, and it's exploding garages, and it's leaping all around like idiots, and it's it's guest appearances from as many people as they could pull in to get big applause and ratings, and it's all just it's all silliness, and that's what I like. So I'm gonna leave it at that, and we're gonna go on to. Mork Returns, uh, written by Walter Kempley, uh, directed by Jerry Paris. Uh, this is March 6th, 1979, and this is the fifth anniversary show, the fourth clip show uh, over the past four years. And in this one, yeah, Mork Returns to find out about friendship and such. And um, I'm going to play a little something, and then I'll talk about the, the clips that appear in it. There, Obviously, I mean, the thing is, at this moment, I mean, you got in this hour of television, when this episode aired, you got Happy Days, Mork, and Laverne and Shirley, basically the three of the top four shows on television at this time. If they had thrown in, you know, if Jack Tripper had shown up somewhere, the Ropers had popped in, we would have had all four. So let me play a little something. I'll be on the other side talking a little. Monk Returns. I did it again. I'm going to keep doing that. Mork Returns. Here we go. Candyman. The Candyman. The Candyman can. The Candyman can, cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Makes the world taste good. The Candyman makes everything he bakes satisfying and delicious. Mark returns and he is back, everybody. It is Marion's birthday, and everybody is there, including uh, camera equipment case and uh, the um, shadows of the top of the lighting rig. Um, and she's coming back from Mother Kelps, and she does a, a thing where she she walks in the front door, and everyone's poorly hidden. And I th- I think I think it's Mrs. C just having fun with it because the place is covered with balloons and such, and there are clearly people hidden everywhere. That's part of it. But she does walk in, and she's like, "Hey, where is everyone? Surprise!" Hey! And then and then right when they're about to um. Uh, begin the festivities proper and everyone's assembled around the table they uh, Richie hears Mork everyone freezes and Mork is back he's he's come from 1979 from Boulder Colorado to talk to Richie about relationships and he says he's been asked by Orson and and the and the uh, Orkin guys to look into human relationships he's finding it difficult in 1979 especially I guess with Mindy and so he's come back to the 50s in order to uh, check it out. And, of course, he hasn't come back to the 50s. He's come back to 1961. And I say that because, one, 
um, Joni is clearly not the age she was two years before, to if this were set a couple years before, that would have been when Chachi first appeared, and Chachi was about a foot, foot and a half shorter. I don't know how much shorter he was, but he was much, much shorter. And Jenny's there. Jenny is a recent addition to the cast and will soon be gone from the cast as Potsy's girlfriend. And so we are actually in 1961, so his, his timing mechanism is a little off, but I think he sort of gets the gist of it. And Richie specifically says in this that he went to a dude ranch, and the dude ranch happens before the Christmas, and the Christmas is... 19, so we're in 1961. Marion's birthday in 1961. I, I guess, is it meant to be? Is her birthday meant to be in March? I don't know, but let's say it's March of 1961. It's Marion, Mrs. C's birthday. And so it's just question on um, relationships, and there's some shtick between Mark and, and Richie, and the Fonz shows up, and the Fonz gets slows down and gets an A. And uh, at one moment, uh, uh, there's a fun moment where Mark turns over some power to Richie and the Fonz, who, you know, they zap Chachi and Chachi like a dog goes across the table and kisses Joni, and then, and then Richie makes Lori Beth spin around dancing, and everyone kind of goes crazy for a bit. And everyone is doing their best. Sometimes when you see them, it's a freeze frame. Sometimes when you see them, they're doing their best not to move. Um, Jenny probably does the worst at that when, um, I forget, they, they give a zap to... Ralph and Potsy, and I've suddenly forgotten what Ralph and Potsy do, but Ralph and Potsy begin to do something of a wacky nature, and the moment they begin to do, the, the, uh, right when they get zapped, right before they start moving, Jenny gives out, uh, Jenny has a real big blink. So it, it's funny, it's like they're all standing there doing their best they can not to move, and she really sends out a huge blink the moment before two guys are specifically unfrozen in time and space. So, or I guess time, well, time and space. Um, but but I, I do like that because it's like, really? Come on. And this is an interesting episode because I didn't hear this is filmed before a live studio audience at the start of it. The audience is pretty raucous as always, but I would imagine with all the clips, this is shot without a live audience. That would just make sense to me because I would probably be annoyed if, I mean, a, a good half the episode, uh, possibly more, are clips. I didn't, I, 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 this is the fourth one. When I did the first one, I was very much into uh, where's this clip from, where's that clip from. The second one, a little less so. Third one, less so. This one, I didn't bother. There are a lot of montages. The scenes jump all over the place. And so uh, I think the earliest scene, I think, was maybe season three? I'm not I'm not 100% sure off the top. But like I said, I didn't take them all down. There's clips from all over the place. The show is celebrating itself. So the new footage is, has its charms. I found it a bit belabored. Much of it is um, Richie and Mork standing, just sort of facing the camera like they're a comedy duo, and they're doing shtick, and Robin Williams is doing his shtick, and some of it's funny, and some of it's sort of... I mean, Mork was better the first time he appeared, and there was a bit of sinister there. This time, he's just completely silly, and uh, and there's a... I, say, I would say a good third of the jokes, if not more, are references, comparisons to, you know... Uh, the 50s or 1961 to 1979 so there's a Jimmy Carter joke and there's a game show host joke and there's a joke about women in cars both being faster in 1979 and yeah that's that's um and so and I mean it's 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 all it's all it's all very dated but it's all very specifically dated because this is the fifth anniversary show and the fifth anniversary is when this airs so that's 1979 so it's it's very specific it is dated but it's dated because we're and this is very specific and although that although 
the date it aired is very specific and the fifth anniversary is very specific and where more comes from is very specific but we seem to get the actual happy days inner working dates wrong 50s 61 whatever and there's not much to say about this stuff i mean um some of it was while it was nice to see mork back it's presented a bit too much like a two-man comedy team shtick kind of thing when the fawn shows up that's lightens up a bit when they all get powers that that's fun but most of it is just the two two of them kind of standing there and richie says something and mork says something hilarious and the laugh track goes nuts and then then rob williams does a little shtick off to one side some of which is great some of which is a bit it's just okay i i'll be honest i, I didn't I didn't laugh very much. Uh, I mainly laughed when they were standing on their heads. And there's a joke. Sitting on their heads. Um, uh, as Mork does. And it was a good joke there. Yeah, and it's all its all just... It, I mean, it's... I mean, obviously, as in the previous episode... I, I'm wondering... It's funny. I'm wondering if they thought cliffhangers was going to be an issue. Because the last episode is the first time we've seen Laverne and Shirley on the show in... How long? I, I Since... since third season i it's it's been several years since laverne and shirley have appeared on the show and they happen to appear on an episode that is that is specifically up against a new show premiering and then the next one is a clip show and they bring back mork and obviously mork and mindy is the top rated new show of the season it's it's neck and neck with happy days in the rating at number three and, uh, you know, sometimes it's getting higher than that. Sometimes Happy Days is getting higher than that. But I, I, I am wondering, like I said, and, and, and you know, if... And, and as I mentioned with Cliffhangers, Cliffhangers, the ratings aren't bad. They're just not 1979 great. Uh, especially for the fact that they had three different crews making the show and it was an expensive show to do. Um, all Happy Days has to do is bring back characters from the two spinoffs. And there's a great moment at the end where... where uh, Mork more or less says to Orson that he was just paying off a spinoff kind of, which I like um, but, you know, the fourth clip show in four years um, I, I'll i be honest, I, I found myself not really paying attention when the clips came on and there, there's clips from there's clips from all over the place, there's Fonz when they were trying to join the fraternity, there's the time that that cop was trying to run Fonzie out of town, they all dressed like the Fonz, there's the clip where the Fonz and Richie first meet in that, that alley, um, there's, a, there's a kissing montage, there's arguments between every conceivable sort of couple in there, um, it all ends with Al from the Valentine's Day dep- episode singing Isn't It Romantic as Everyone Dances Around and the Fawn stands in the little castle turret uh, balcony thing, Romeo and Juliet style. Yeah, the little balcony thing, Romeo and Jets, J- Juliet style with all the gals waving. And you get to see Chachi being awkward and Al singing Isn't It Romantic, which I found awkward and a really weird way to end the episode because it's almost like it's it's almost daring you to laugh at it, I think. Um, because it's camp almost beyond the like the wow that's that's camp that is camp but you don't I, I didn't laugh at it I just kind of went mm, this is a strange spot to to end it on you ended on um yeah or giving his final um and, I mean I do I it's funny because or mork mork sorry mork's final chat to Orson is rather sort of bittersweet and seems more keyed to Mork and Mindy than it does to Happy Days because he he says um, back back to the fifties and they basically Orson more or less says oh those were sad days and they mentioned Joseph McCarthy and how how rough it was 
and and it's it's funny because you know they they think of them as being happy because they don't want to remember how sad it was and that's cool i like that very much i mean that's kind of the thing about it is at the end of the day when happy days premiered circa 1974 it was trying to forget how crappy the country had become over the past previous few years with vietnam and watergate and and just eh, how crappy the country had become uh soft rock i'm kidding it's it's nice. I mean, it's it's maybe a little too on the nose, but I do like that moment. That that's a good moment with the Morgan Orson moment where he kind of gives his theory about why the fifties are looked back on so nostalgically because because they were filled with rotten stuff. And I mean, that was one of the things with like the Crack Magazine parody, the first one, the what is it, Sappy Days or whatever, where they they keep pointing out how actually kind of rotten. Um, much of the 50s were and they weren't all the color co- candy coated color color coordinated co- you know the stuff the yeah the happy days that we think of there's actually some pretty rotten stuff in there now no one mentions mccarthy in this and by 1961 mccarthy was still around but the mccarthy stuff was was long it was done it is funny that they kind of throw that in they mention mccarthy a lot no, they they didn't mention McCarthy once actually, but but whatever. Maybe maybe the people who wrote, maybe the person who wrote the Orson Mork segment, were not the same. Was not the same guy who wrote the other segments. I don't know. But but anyways, I, I like that. Like I said, it's a bit too on the nose, but it's a nice moment where Mork kind of says points out what what. I mean, it's the end of the 70s now, and sort of that nostalgia is fading, and we're going to other realms, and it's Three's Company, and it's Mark and Mindy, and it's different strokes now, and Happy Day, Laverne and Shirley and Happy Days are still big, but in a year, they're not going to be anywhere near as big. Now, that's, I think that's mainly due to a scheduling thing, but it's still true. Uh, it was it was nice. Well, it was nice to see Mark. And that closing is nice. And some jokes are nice. I, it's a bit too sticky for my taste, and a bit too much. Look at us go! Hey, da 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 da. Like I said, the the clips are all over the place, and I I didn't really pay attention to them. Four four clip shows in in four years is feels like padding. I, I'm thinking of the uh, I mentioned this somewhere. I'm rewatching The Simpsons, and I did season six, which had their another Simpsons clip show, which had the second. I believe the second Simpsons clip show, uh, which is about relationships, and uh, that that has its charms. And when you listen to the day the commentary, Dave Merkin describes some things that are going on in it that I you don't I maybe you don't see and realize, uh, like like just just interesting little bits where like there's an opening scene where Lisa and Bart are sitting on the couch and Marge comes in, and they say that what they did was they intercut old model. Bart and Lisa on the couch with new model Bart and Lisa on the couch intercut it throughout the scene and you can you can see it the moment he says it you can see it before that you might not fully see it. but there but there's little moments here and there where they're tweaking around with the fact that they had to do a clip show and it's it is fun to watch but they do say that the network wanted them to do more shows because it was so popular and one of the things they had to do was clip shows and that's I mean this this season of Happy Days is 26 episodes with one of them being an hour and like I said before, in 78, 79, that was a lot of episodes for a season. Most, most shows were doing around 22, 23, maybe 24. But 26, 27, that was a lot. And so you can see why there was a clip show in here. And, um, you know, it did its job. It had Mork in it. It got high ratings. And um, we carry on. We go on to the duel right now. And let me let me play you a little uh, music. And you know, you know what's funny is I... 
the music I played you between the last uh, break here was music that I played previously on a Happy Days episode because there was a clip show. I'm just going to play some more episode I, uh, music I played uh, on a recent episode of this podcast, and then we will go into the duel. Now you talk about your childhood wishes. You can even eat the dishes. I consider Jacques Dubois to be my personal candy man. This is going to be a short episode, folks. The Duel. Jacques Dubois is a world uh, champion fencer. He shows up in. He's French. He shows him in Milwaukee. He's rude to everyone. He's completely unpleasant. He's rude to the Cunninghams. He's rude to the Fonz, calling him a hoodlum. He's rude specifically to Joni. He insults America. Uh, Richie challenges him to a duel. Uh, the Fonz ends up fighting the duel and defeating um, Jacques, as you'd imagine he would. And then everyone's good friends in the end, regardless of whether or not that makes any sense. Um, this is uh, this is not a, a great episode of the show. Um, I, I've said before that season six is um, going in between episodes like the previous one where they're really proud of themselves and showing off all the great stuff they've done even when, like Al singing isn't romantic, it's kind of embarrassing. And that's in cut in between with episodes like this one, which are just, to me, kind of lazy. Jacques is introduced and is immediately, from the moment, I mean, he doesn't even show up and you know he's a jerk. The way he's holding, he Jacques is making him carry Richie carry his suitcases, and they're clearly heavy. And Richie isn't happy from that moment until the end. It's clear that Jacques is a jerk, and he's a Frenchman. If this was 1976, I think we were doing something Olympic related and bicentennial related. But it's 1979, so I'm I'm we're doing neither of them. Um, and in the end, it's it's funny because I thought, why is this episode here? I mean, is this a leftover from a few seasons ago? Is this, we've got extra episodes we have to do and we're really struggling? Uh, because there's no character development. There's no development at all. Jacques shows up. He's a jerk. He fences their, fence, their the, 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 high, the college's fencing champion, defeats him easily, insults everyone. Richie's going to fence him. And then the Fonz fences him and wins. And then it's suddenly, Jacques, you're a great guy. Let's go to Arnold's. Okay, I will go to Arnold's. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God. It's Fred Fox Jr. who sometimes can come up with great stuff and I think is our go-to guy. He, I want to say, and I don't know this for certain, but I feel like Fred Fox is maybe our go-to guy for we need an episode called Fred. He'll take care of it. And sometimes he succeeds and sometimes he doesn't. And this, to me, is a he doesn't. This feels just like a bad idea that was thrown up at the last minute and it like like I said it's almost it's almost childlike in how unsophisticated because there's never a moment where Jacques is nice at all there's never a moment where Jacques isn't anything but a jerk and when Richie is like going to fence him and he's terrified you know that the Fonz is going to do it because that's the way the show works so it's like so Jacques shows up, and they don't even bother to shade Jacques's character. He's a jerk from the get-go. So you're like, okay, someone's going to take him down a peg. It'll probably be the Fonz and fencing. Then Richie's going to fence him. You think, okay, well, Richie's going to fence him, but he's not really going to fence him, right? It'll be the Fonz. Yeah, and it is the Fonz. And it happens, and they do their best to make it exciting and fun. They do that weird thing where 
Well, they say this is a this is a thing that that Richie's putting on ever since he joined the fencing club, and of course the fencing club. Let let me think of all the times. So he just joined the fencing club. So let me think of all the times he's shown interest in fencing before this. Mm, not at all. Let me think of all the times we'll talk about the fencing club after this. Mm, not at all. Do we even know that they had a fencing club if this episode had happened? The college. Do we know that they had a fencing club? No, no, not at all. And it just kind of appears on, and I, like, why fencing? That's my question. Why fencing? You know, was was fencing becoming huge in 1979? I don't remember that happening. Maybe there was a Three Musketeer movie. When was Zorro the Gay Blade? I mean, I mean, there there are fencing movies that appear and happen, but fencing the sport rarely becomes big because when people think of fencing, when people think of swords, they think of big sword fights, not kind of this um rather civilized sport with the blunt swords and the 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 padding and the helmets although they don't wear it's it's actually when i when i I got to one point in the episode and i thought oh this is why they made this episode because the fonz goes to put his mask on and Jacques says my we will we will go like we my forefathers we will not wear masks and the fonz says okay and he takes a mic and he says you know al hand me the mic and al um hands him the mic and uh, uh, Fonz takes the mic and talks into it. But it's funny, as he's talking into the mic, it doesn't sound any different than him just talking. And everyone who's there is, like, right in front of him. So it's not like they can't hear him. They, it, it's, weird that, it's weird that he takes the mic. I think, I think they say to him, like, they have him take the mic to, to show that this is important. What he's saying is important. But throughout the scene, everything that happens when, with the fencing guys in front of the crowd, the crowd can hear so why does he need the mic? Who's he talking to? Is it, is it meant to be implied that like the audience is sort of the other half of the bleachers? I don't know, but we can still hear them too. So that doesn't make sense. But then this episode doesn't make sense. Why would Richie join the fencing club? Why would he say he's, I mean, he's there for journalism. That's why he's in college. Why would he spend all this time and effort with the, with this guy? Um, why would, I mean, they say Mr. C almost throws him out. And why, why are they so nice to him when he's continuing to root to them? And it's like, well, he's from out of the country. You know, he's a foreigner. So we're just trying to be pleasant. No, 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 no. You put, put, put someone in their place who's being a douchebag like that. And it just, it doesn't make any, the episode doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't come from anywhere. And in the end, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything that the show hasn't done before and done better this it's weird because like the episode isn't funny this could have been like i mean eight is enough was on at this time this could have been a portion of a segment of eight is enough you know without a single joke in it i didn't laugh during it i you know they try and it's funny because they do that thing that pops up in episodes like this where the guy is insulting to them and insulting to them Sometimes they they insult back and the crowd laughs, but sometimes they just sort of like accept and absorb the insult and kind of almost insult themselves. You'll hear it a few times with Richie where he says something where it's like, okay, Rich, you should have stuck up for yourself or you should have, don't put up with that, Rich. But the crowd is in hysterics because it's a joke. And even though it's a joke at the expense of the main characters, which I don't like, um, you know, this isn't like Ab Fab. You know, and absolutely fabulous, you can make fun of Eddie and Patsy. They can make fun of people, and you can make fun of... And they can be made fun of, and it works. You can laugh. But this, you don't you don't call out Richie for being a coward, for being a jerk. You know, when the guy's insulting Joni, I don't want jokes around that. You know, shut up, basically, is, is what I'd like to hear. And this is really that odd time that's happening. This is like that very special episode junk 
where um, they're throwing in, because it's a sitcom, they're throwing in jokes into spaces where there shouldn't be jokes. And so they come up either being, not in poor taste, but just bad, or with the improper tone to them. Like, we should never be laughing along with Jacques. But there are a few moments when he calls Richie out, you are, you know, this is a bad fencer or whoever. And and something is said where we realize that the joke is being made and the audience is laughing with Jacques. And that shouldn't be happening. That's, that. like I said, that is just crappy, very special episode kind of, I don't like it. I'm sorry, I, I don't like it at all. I, I I think this is this is such an inconsequential episode that I think it can only be viewed in a binge format. You know, because like I binged several shows over over time, and uh, most of them I don't binge from the '60s, '70s, '80s, and stuff. Most stuff is more modern. You know, but it's like if I'm binge, like I binged when I binged Parks and Rec, um, there are. I, I bet you cash money if I were to look at a list of like six episodes in a row, I'd remember two or three of them, and then some of them I'd look at and go, I don't remember that at all. And then if you played it for me, like, okay, I vaguely remember that, because some episodes are kind of meant to be binged. Some episodes are filler and meant to fill up the space. And um, an episode like this, I can't imagine people watching it were excited about it because they'd seen stuff like this before and stuff like this done better. Like Fred Fox with the Hollywood stuff, you know, where this was something like this was done better. And this is just so um, obvious and unfunny. And and like I said, and I cut away from it. I cut away from my myself talking. I really feel like the sole purpose this was done, and I don't know why, is to remind people in high school or colleges who are in some sort of fencing clubs or classes to wear masks. I really sort of in the back of my mind for whatever dumb reason feel like somehow somewhere someone said you know what a lot of kids are doing fencing now maybe because of the previous Olympics I don't know but a lot of kids are doing fencing and a lot of them are not wearing masks so we need the we need to do an episode that's about fencing where the Fonz tells everyone to wear masks so everyone will wear masks that's exactly what it feels like because Jacques is is a is a poorly drawn character um who were like I said who for some reason were meant to laugh with on certain moments and you know it's it's not I'm not saying like the episode is like <laughs> look at Jacques laughing at these stupid Americans no 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 there are just some jokes and you'll know them when you see them because they will feel odd where Jacques will say something and then like Richie or someone will kind of agree with them even though what Jacques said was awful and insulting, and the crowd will laugh. And at that point, you're like, okay, even though Richie said it, he's agreeing with the insult that Jacques gave him, and the crowd is laughing. So we're laughing with Jacques, and that shouldn't be happening. I don't like this episode. I've had a hard time with this season. I'm looking to the next two episodes, and, and sadly, I don't really remember liking those two episodes either. The episode, the show's been so uneven. I enjoyed Fonzie's funeral part one and part two. I, 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 well, for this episode specifically, I enjoyed Fonzie's funeral part two. I didn't really enjoy the clip show much, but it is the fourth clip show in four years, so I don't. I think I'd be hard pressed to enjoy it. And like I said, the the clip show from this year kind of revealed the the fact that some things that, frankly, are just kind of embarrassing that they've done. Um, they they hold in such high regard. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. 
I mean, I can't. I can. Ima- I know when I was a kid, I watched this episode of Happy Days. I think rather than watching cliffhangers, I should have been watching cliffhangers because this episode isn't very good. It's it's a filler episode near the end of a season that that I said would work best if you if you binge the show and watch like six or six, seven, eight episodes in a row. And this is episode three or four. You'd remember it fondly for that Jacques a jerk, and then the Fonz whooped him in fencing. You wouldn't remember the other stuff, like the fact that at the end they all make friends with Jacques and go out for hamburgers together, or whatever the hell it is they do, you know. And and it ends. What what is the final scene where like Jacques joins Fonzie on the motorcycle, like with the something twins or something like that? It's like it, it's it's this weird thing where it's like they introduce this character and they say, well, don't be rude to him because he's a foreigner, and then he's horribly horribly rude to them for twenty two minutes. And then he changes heart right at the end, and suddenly the Fonz is riding him around on the motorcycle, going out to lunch with him, giving him his dates. And what? I mean, my thought with my thought with Jacques, with a character like Jacques, is think about this: they say he's been going on like a countrywide tour. So where is he going to go from Milwaukee? I don't know Duluth. I don't know where would you go after this? The trips he's taken before this, surely someone would have said to Richie, "Hey, this guy's a real jerk," but no one does. So is Jacques just being a jerk for this portion of the trip? Is he normally a nice guy and he suddenly can't suddenly he can't he doesn't like Milwaukee? Or has he been a jerk this whole time and no one's really said anything because they want to be polite? Will he be nice when he goes to the next place? And the question is, it's impossible to tell from watching the episode because they they said he's in the tour, and if he's in Wisconsin, he's in he's in the middle of the tour. He's in, he's in the middle of the tour, and there's no sign that that he's been. Has he been rude beforehand? Has he been nice beforehand? Is he going to be rude after? Is he going to be nice after? There's no sign of it because it's a bad character who just sort of appears to do this crap for 25 minutes, and now he's gone, and we don't have to worry about him again. I don't say that I want to go back and watch the clip show again, but I wouldn't mind just going back and just sitting quietly with Fonzie's funeral. So I'm going to end this this thing. We got one more episode of season six. Season six, episode 13. I don't think it's going to be lucky episode 13. It's, what is it? It's the Chachi's and Credo Wax, which is one of the, like the second or third episode, I think, with Chachi in the lead. Chachi really has done so little in this season. So we're going to give him a lead here. And then I think it was at Potsy Quit School, which I think is the last appearance of Jenny. We'll see how this goes. Hopefully I enjoy those much more than I enjoyed two of the three episodes on here. Like I said, if they only just embraced the inner silliness and went with it, I think the show would be great in its sixth season. But it's it's too full of itself. It's too proud of itself. It's getting lazy. Hopefully the season will end on a high point. So so let me let me end this here and let me play you some of this. The candy man can cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Makes the world taste good. Candy man, a candy man, a candy man.